was just a dream Just a moment ago I was up so high Looking down at the sky Don't let me fall <laughs> You have a burner phone over there? <laughs> Corinne's got a burner phone that no, is, like And a burner of, iPhone No one is work phone what goes up Must come down But don't let me fall Don't let me What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this edition of Off the Record. Uh, we have the not normal cast of characters. We got some famous people who wow. travel a lot. Shout out to Sean. Uh, nah, Sean yeah. is famous, but for other reasons. <laughs> not the voice you're hearing now. That is Amina Brown. Hey, y'all. What's up? What's up, man? I'm happy to be back off the record. I, I've been traveling and stuff. So in our um in our secret place where we all communicate here in Fourth District, which y'all need to know about, mm-hmm. but in that place where we communicate, every time off the record would come up, I'd be like, I can't come, I can't be there. I'm out of town, so I'm happy to be here right now. Yeah, in Africa, I was in Africa. I was in Rwanda. Really, literally, it was like like we tried to get an off the record for y'all. This is Dan Duncan, by the way. I don't think I said my name. You probably know my voice. Uh. We were like, let's try to get an off the record together. And like, Adon's like, I'm in Africa. Amina's like, I'm in Africa. And like, and Sean's like, I'm in uh, Indiana. And I was like, well, I guess when Sean, you drive here and, you know, Amina and Adon, you stop being famous. And then Corinne's over in Scotland. Yo, like, we always need to get around. our travel better. I'm just wow. saying. Coordinate really. calendars. Or I'm trying to get Corinne to fix my life still. <laughs> Everybody, Corinne Ray is here. Hi. How's it going? Pretty good. Excited good. to be here. Excited good. that these awesome folks are here. So Yeah. And thirdly, of the fourth district crew that is in the building without a rooster in the background. <laughs> Indeed. Sean Little. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Good to be here. You're in Atlanta. It's good to be here. Yeah, man. So uh, you know, Sean uh launched uh, his podcast a couple of months ago, read a book. If you haven't checked it out, you should be listening. Don't worry, you don't have that many episodes to catch up on. <laughs> Slow money's better than no money, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Out here trying to build some. I love it. I love it. Uh, what's been going on? What's life like for you up in the <clears throat> Indiana? Yeah, we're trying to figure it out. You know, back from Hawaii and yeah. rebuilding and trying to plot next steps down to Atlanta. That's right. Uh, working on a couple real estate projects back in Indiana. Bought a house to flip, selling a place, trying to buy another place. And awesome. some other undisclosed information at this point, but that's to be announced. Yeah. I really yeah. like the undisclosed parts. Yeah. It yeah. feels like there's like a little bit of tea there to sip, and I yeah. like that. Come what, back. Uh, Amina, do you have any undisclosed things going on in your life? Well, this is the time, yeah. I think, to say that we are officially announcing this week that I'm going Ooh. to have a podcast <gasps> under the 4th District yeah, yeah, Network. Yeah. Pew, pew, pew. That was like a DJ Instantly. Khaled. Instantly. Mm-hmm. like world premiere we need that right show baraka was the most famous person on this district <laughs> until amina brown decided to put her podcast on it Yo. sorry show coming for you so i am excited about that so please be following all the fourth district socials because we are going to announce the name of the podcast Ooh. i'm already three interviews in and i'm so excited it's gonna be amazing and it's not for me so that means it's extra amazing. It's for me, so I'm excited. 
It is definitely for you, Corinne. Yes. And our, and our, own, our one rider of Fort District, Corinne, maybe she'll ride for us again in the near future. The shade. But. No, I will. I will. Okay. Did you hear? I, did you hear the? There the it now, is. Now. That's what it I was. told you. Wow. I told you how Dan does it around. No, I have a, like a, a restaurant review coming. Really? Ooh, yeah. Oh yes. Come Tease on. That. Yeah. It's, for it's, here in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. It's for like, because I'm like usually ratchet about the way that I eat, like Waffle House. I went to a fancy place, so it's about you know the food, but also how they accommodate people who huh. usually eat at Waffle House. <laughs> I I anticipate this so greatly <laughs> i'm excited wait. yeah i'm excited so uh we have an incredible episode for you guys uh we did get everybody in the building two episodes in a row so we just are going to give ourselves pats on the back for uh, two episodes in a row uh Dirt sean is shoulders. the most pleased because he won't s- slack me and say hey is there an off the record to drop this week no doubt. And i won't have to tell him coming for you yeah, man. So there was this thing that came up, and no one wanted Africa, to show up. Africa, Indiana, yeah. Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> Me here by right. myself in the, in the studio. studio. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? Um, but no, but we do have a great episode for you guys. Um, and the first thing we're going to talk about is our good old city of Atlanta. And for those that don't live in Atlanta, don't worry. This will get entertained for you as well. Eventually, uh, got hacked by some people who basically hacked into the system felt like they were about to get found out and left but didn't turn off the like massive internet bomb that's about to blow up the city of atlanta for those that don't know as well atlanta has been shut down no warrants no speeding tickets paper and pen inside the jails if anyone's going to jail uh no court cases were being heard like literally it shut down and has that been less than a week it's been the last five five days yeah wow it just goes to show, like, what happens if we lose the internet? Could you imagine? Dude. I think about it every now and then. Like, I think about it. My other friends that are, like, authors, speaker people, there's all this thought of, like, what if all the people who, like, follow you, mm-hmm. like, all your fan base, mm-hmm. like, how, how would you even stay connected to those people? Even even if it wasn't the internet, if just social media itself, right. like, went away. Like, right. how are you going to talk to those people? Chain mail. Basically, if you want to be blessed, you better forward this and stomp your foot nine times. Yeah. Come through. Carrier pigeons. I think you just get some pigeons and give them you little good. notes. Yeah. You be good. Um, no, so what did y'all think when you heard that uh, Atlanta was being held hostage for $51,000? Yeah, I was driving around when I hit the uh, undisclosed environment in which we communicate Thank you, on my device using yes. access to the internet. So there's a bunch of lanes crossing there. Uh, I was listening to NPR in Indiana, and I heard that, and I just hit everybody up. Um, and my first thought was, I think we've talked about this a little bit, Dan. I have a little bit of crypto. I don't have a lot, but I've definitely sort of dipped my toes. And at this point, you know, Bitcoin was worth like six and a half. Yeah. And I heard at that point they were asking for six Bitcoin. And I'm like, y'all are committing felonies for $36,000? <laughs> like... That was my first thought. Is like, bro, like you need a mentor. Yeah. You need a, yeah, yeah, you yeah. need an old homie. You know what I'm saying? Somebody that puts you on. Oh. Man. I mean, because the thing is, you need to kind of look at okay, what are the skills to do this crime? What is the pay scale to do it legally? Mm-hmm. And so you definitely they made like it's like a third of what they could get doing it legally. So I'm like, you need to either just go get yourself a corporate job or demand enough money to where it, you know. It actually outweighs the risk. Yeah. The so risk these and the same hackers did this in Denver 
and it cost the city of Denver like four million dollars. Wow! And they were demanding only like sixty thousand dollars. See, wow! They gotta be young, bro. They gotta be young, or just the cities just need to like realize like they need to hire smarter people and right. pay the ransom and not cost the taxpayers four million dollars. Instead, just say got us and pay up the money, or also invest in security because Atlanta, a lot of the systems kind of are old. Um, some of the things they do with technology or some of the things that I've looked at, um, they've done even their analysis or the statistics. It's all like laughably bad. Like some mm. of the stuff that they've done to make major decisions had very bad um, foundations. Mm. So it's just kind of like you need to get get up on the technology, get your maths going and all that kind of stuff. Can somebody do this for my student loans, though? <laughs> Like, just make them this, disappear. This part of the city of Atlanta. I mean, I don't want. I don't want this for the people, but like, I don't have any business there. So the selfish <laughs> part of me is like, can somebody get in Sally May? Yeah. What? Like, if y'all was gonna hack, yeah, something, to zero out some numbers for the people. Can y'all hack in there and be like, what do you think would dying? happen to the economy if Sally May went down, dude? You know, like uh, student debt far surpasses our national debt. Oh, for sure. Pause. <sighs> so. I think that no one's going to get into Sally Mae because I feel like maybe this goes to conspiracy theory, but I feel like the shadow government is behind Sally Mae, so they won't be hacked. The so. shadow government. <laughs> yeah. Wait, let's let's go into yeah, the shadow I government. I need some clarifications. <laughs> is this, are you just actually talking about the actual you, government? Because you, you were listed as like Forbes, like one of Forbes, like smartest 30 <laughs> people in this country. So I need you to... Because now I have to believe in the shadow government, and so I need you to explain. Oh, no, you don't really have to believe in the shadow government. But I feel like like behind like all of this stuff, you know, there's the actual government that happens. Then it's a bunch of, I guess, investment bankers and all those mm -hmm. kinds of people. So they're making, you know, money off of the loans. Like the same people that, you know, they want, they take completely crazy risk, right, investments. And then they, when it's up, they take the money. And when right. it's out, America bails them out. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, you know, the way the bailouts go, mm -hmm. I think it's all run by some, I don't know, some bros. The top 1% yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah, some yeah, some Merrill Lynch bros hmm. somewhere in a room. And so to me, that's the shadow government. So I, I don't think you can that. get behind the, that the firewall. Wall. Yeah, the Sally May firewall. I think they're benefiting from it. So I think anything. Yeah. I appreciate the calling them bros. That actually, that helped me. A I mean, lot. it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely like these hackers are definitely uh, like three dudes in their command center watching Star Wars and Ugh. eating like the command center is definitely their grandmother's basement. Oh, for sure, that's sad for sure. But it looks it's like cool a when you're in it. Things like what are we talking about? Yes. But that's that's less and let's profile these people for a minute. We kind of went past <laughs> that. We're talking about six Bitcoin. Okay. And then they link the hack to their Bitcoin wallet and then the wallet is getting discovered or they identify it. So they pull the wallet. Yep. The bomb is still, you know, ticking, ticking time bomb. Wednesday in Atlanta. Bro. No like, more, no more internet. What, what type of people, what type of human beings are actually conducting themselves in this way? Give me, give me a picture of who you think these people are. It's definitely the guys in my computer science high school class in high school uh -huh. like we got into some stuff but not like serious stuff a mm -hmm. little we had some businesses did some little manipulations of like ad work you know <laughs> like we made some <laughs> oh, i can't wait no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Too late now. you have to keep going so we may have had so we had a couple like 
web hosting businesses we had a couple things where we were we may have been clicking on our own ads and but it was, financing but it was back been... then when you could actually do it like mm. now i guess they there was some other website i think it's called vo it was like similar to google but they paid more per click than google i remember and they this. weren't smart enough to like kind of sh- shut us down so you yeah, guys so we built bots to, yeah so it's like those guys where they mm. wore like the same thing every day it was definitely cargo pants like no cargo shorts some all khakis, winter long some khakis evolved oh yeah There's definitely some khaki their khaki evolved. cargo shorts mm-hmm. in the dead of winter mm. this was indiana so it was snowing outside what's the mm. shoes what's the shoes going though flip-flops in the winter tired with, no <laughs> with socks for sure immediately tired i was thinking some velcro joints but the the flip-flops oh yeah way worse you know can what I, yeah can i be honest though we're we're, we're just trashing these dudes <laughs> I so want to be these guys. Man. Like I play Call of Duty with these guys on a consistent basis, and every I'm just slightly jealous that like these dudes can literally now they're what they're asking for is stupid, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they do need a mentor when it comes to that. But the fact that they were able just to like create a program that like hacks in the city of Atlanta, and they're like, yeah, pay us our money. Like you still can't find out who I am. Right. That's amazing to me. I mean. Yeah. That's amazing. It is. Like, if you isolate that element, I mean, that's... It's very Daft Punk. That's cool. Yeah. It is. It, like, yeah, it's just... I don't know. Man, F the man. Yeah. Like, that's how I feel about it right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, good that the city of Atlanta is going down, man. Yo, if that's one of you... If one of they y'all that did I've this so are listening to that podcast... My, I got so many potholes on my street. Like, you, they haven't gotten fixed. I'm like, man, forget Keisha Bottoms and not fixing my potholes mm. that's how i feel about the situation <laughs> so y'all think it's gonna go down on wednesday Man, i don't know what to th- i just it sounds like it's already gone it's down like y2k but, but for real yeah that's yeah. what i was yeah. just thinking like uh, that's like something like i'm like what happened like this is crazy i mean and going back to what you were talking about i mean i think there's something worth exploring there like what happens do we even want to say if or realistically when the internet goes down or is no longer accessible as it is in this way i mean when you think about not only you know the the professional element of it for so many people uh but the connectedness the market opportunity that exists i mean yeah i'm scared like from my perspective so what i do is build like ai applications and other things for healthcare. so what scares me is like the medical records go away Mm -hmm. people are going to die Mm. you don't know you know what dose they got before yeah and you know, I that just scares me from the healthcare perspective. Yeah. Is it possible to take down the whole, like the internet? I'm look, only looking at one person in the room. Well, I don't know. I mean, I would think that hopefully, um, I mean, some people have, most people have really good security, but who knows? They could, someone could come up with something that's genius that sort of, you know, penetrates the best, um, best security but i mm. think um those who invest in security well i think they'll be more protected mm. and i'm not at all zero percent surprised that the city of atlanta is not you know where they need to be from a security yeah because it makes sense that they got hacked but i'm just kind of curious like in the fire sale like situation mm-hmm. where like there is no connectivity so you know at&t like all of their like all of the mm-hmm. providers the Ver- verizon the like 
all of their systems go down and really it has to probably has to do with power mm-hmm. less mm-hmm. than like mm-hmm. taking yeah. down yeah. the yeah. internet if you yeah. took down yeah. the power grid for sure yeah. not that i've thought about this but i think you'd have to do it Bro. multiple places though because i know like at least we have like multiple servers like some in europe some in east eastern u.s and different yeah. places so i think most people at least have like copies of their data sure. on different machines in different continents continents so I'm pretty sure Atlanta probably just has like one room. You know, yeah, they were like, yeah, we're trying to manually upload from our cloud backups, but that's all we had. Like they had no like backups. Anyway, welcome to but, Atlanta yeah, where but the I don't players know. play. Well, yo, you got it. Well, <laughs> that's, that's all. That's all we have. Well, well, I have. Well, the, well, the, then, well, I guess the next logical question is, is what are you willing to do for fifty thousand dollars man i wasn't hardly willing to work for corporate america like yeah. i was like <laughs> preach there's that's not a lot of money actually there is no crime that i would commit for fifty thousand dollars what no felony jaywalk. or no misdemeanor i might jaywalk but i would i might, I might <laughs> but jaywalk. i might not even it depends on who i'm jaywalking behind like i would jaywalk behind a caucasian old lady because they're not gonna hit her <laughs> but i like wouldn't jaywalk behind my dad for fifty thousand. Uh, Maybe it's my privilege money. talking here. There's a lot of crimes that I would commit for fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> probably not felonies. I'm not gonna touch felonies, no. but I'll Va- probably vandalism. Committed... I'll commit some serious vandalism. I committed not several... for money. I would commit vandalism for a purpose. Like if I felt committed, like I hear that, Corinne. I hear that. <laughs> I just feel like if I'm gonna commit a crime knowingly, set me up, son. Like I don't want to be out here still, like. Wondering where this money gonna be in a little while because yeah. fifty thousand dollars it be gone like that for sure like that's true okay well I need then more money. what okay well then how much money would it take for you to commit a felony a felony and then what felony would you commit all right real quick and we can't tease out all the details on a felony but we're talking about like a prison time yes felony yes like a minimum ten years in prison felony yes because <laughs> prison is my worst nightmare <laughs> in all of life I would have guessed differently with your hair. <laughs> tired okay. Okay. <laughs> for what okay. for, for what shot very tired the okay. long hair you hate the long hair is no, that what you're tired i'm tired <laughs> oh, of, <laughs> of me? your comment of your shot. <laughs> man of your shot. all right fifty thousand dollars felony just, 10 years my, in prison that's my phrase i throw around tired, tired. that's all tired. she's tired okay of my hate. I, feel, I feel like on on you using the word privilege right here sean I feel like like where I sit in my life right now, I like sleeping at night, like having peace is very important to mm-hmm. me. So where I'm at right now, I just can't think in how my soul would rest. Even right. if like I was going to pick that thing and I was going to be able to do it and get paid like a billion dollars, like is my soul going to rest? I don't know. But then take me with like way more debt and in a way more desperate situation. Mm-hmm. And like my doing that is connected to like, is my family right. gonna survive? Yep. Is right. like my mom gonna have food? Like mm-hmm. then I think the stakes for me for sure. could get high enough that I might be like $50,000. I don't know. Like right, right yeah. now it's right. kind of like, yeah, Armed no, robbery. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't wanna do, you know, yeah. but in a desperate situation, it's hard to say mm-hmm. what you what you yes. wouldn't do. Yes. You know? Now yes. I would do that, like, like, have you seen the movie John Q? 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I would do that. Mm-hmm. Like for my family. Or you know what I mean? Yeah. But Yeah. Have you seen the movie John Wick? Mm-hmm. Because that's what I would do. He's basically like high priced hitman against the morally like wrong. Huh. Oh. So like he only kills people that like have done wrong, basically. So and he kills that, everyone. <laughs> well, like uh, that t- it's like basically like Robin Hood, and I've decided that I would lesson about sin real quick. I, <laughs> I would do it for a million dollars a hit, Man. and I would kill people that are like taking from other people right. and stealing from other people. Like and, I would, and I would and I would and I would sleep great. like a Bonhoeffer, right? Like it, I, sleep I would sleep. Great. I would sleep totally fine. Because when you said that, I was like, "Man, am I just like? How would I feel?" And I'm like, "Nah, if it was one of these dudes, like." That's completely like, uh, what's the like scheme when you like take from people and, uh, Ponzi? It, yeah, like a Ponzi yeah. scheme. Mm-hmm. Like, I totally like murder Ponzi scheme, dude. And just mm. like, like if you're stealing, listen, then it's a Robin Hood thing. Like if you're, you know, scamming old people, yeah, those, but it would still be a felony. Yeah. I could yeah, still yeah. do time. So I yeah. think it qualifies under our, you probably rules. get respect in prison though for, for doing some of that stuff. Yeah, and it would be a white collar crime. So maybe yeah. you go to one of the nice, Nice prison, the Martha Stewart <laughs> yeah. joints. Man, listen, I you know, I just saw her on TV and I was like, this lady went to jail and she's on here telling me how to make macaroons. Like this For is sure. crazy. My theory no is doubt. she wanted to go to jail because like all she had to do was cooperate with the police because she I think it was like insider training. She just mm-hmm. needed. I feel like she wanted the experience so that she could better <laughs> home make. Like she wanted. Wow. Man. Well, she needed, she needed yeah. more recipes, so she like yeah, went to the source. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, when she went there, she kind of did the same thing that she would on the outside. She kind of showed them, you know, how to make crafts or whatever it was. Mm. So she said that wow. she kind of enjoyed that. Fine tuned her craft. <laughs> that is uh, amazing. Speaking of crafts, watch that transition. Let me tell you all about something new we have going on that. Uh, has nothing to do with jail time, but everything to do with cool socks. Yes, you heard me. Do you wear funny socks? Most men do. Whether it's at the office or at the bar, your socks are guaranteed to be a conversation starter. Society Socks is a men's sock subscription company that sends two pairs of exclusively designed socks to your door every month. These socks are made of warm, soft, and comfortable blend of combed cotton guaranteed to make you look well-dressed. But why are they called society socks? Socks are one of the most needed and least donated clothing items at homeless shelters. Though society socks aims to change that. With every pair of socks purchased, another pair of socks is donated to a homeless shelter. Not only will your socks feel and look great, but you will be confident that you are making a positive change. With two surprise pair of socks arriving to your door every month in your subscription, you'll begin to grow your sock collection. Try out our first month of a sock subscription at 50% off when you use the code off the record. Put an end to the boring socks and subscribe today. And with all of that, we get back to felony wages. Sean, what are you thinking about some felony wages? What are you trying to make some money on? So. I have two thoughts on felony wages. One, uh, I mean, I think I agree with you. I mean, I would do an- 100. I would do anything for my wife and daughter. Right. Yep. yep. 
if if the if the circumstances the environment you know and i think that's what is intriguing or humorous laughable when people are so critical of the choices that other people make Mm -hmm. like yo you are you are a small series of events away mm-hmm. from oh, being sure. in desperation yeah, totally. yeah, you know totally. what i'm saying it's trying to throw shade on somebody because they did x like you could be there right there and and so to that extent dude take care of my wife and daughter yep i'm you know but i'm at, okay i'm asking today, i don't know what i wouldn't do in that regard okay and that's like serious and i think a great point mm-hmm. but right now i'm gonna pretty much commit any misdemeanor for fifty thousand dollars, <laughs> I don't think I could do it, yo. And that's not me trying to be like a goody two shoes. Like I'm always the person that gets caught doing everything. Yeah. Like I've always been like that. So it, it would be like if the four of us went yeah. and we all like had to tag this wall. <laughs> you know, we were I'm, each gonna get paid fifty thousand dollars. It would be me in the clink. Like I yeah. promise. I just feel like we should all follow. Like when you're making these decisions, just follow the formula. Multiply the probability of going to prison by the amount that you're going to get. Compare that to the market value for the skill. Right. And then if the numbers... Just kidding. <laughs> no, this is really... I know. I was like, okay, Dang so carry it. the one. So, <laughs> so if the numbers room. work you, out... You're really on to yeah. something right now. So I think you should... I think it should be like... Okay. So I think you should get... Yeah. Multiply the probability of imprisonment mm-hmm. times the amount. Mm-hmm. And then I think you should get... 10 times the market value sure. for whatever you were doing. Right. Because you deem prison time 10 times worse than normal life? Yeah. Ah, I don't think so. I think it's really? way Did more you than watch that, 60 bro. Days in, bro. <laughs> way more. <laughs> way more than 10. I don't know. Woo! No. Uh-huh. My I mean, life. Oh, but that's a personal. Whatever. whatever I haven't you're... seen. What's six, what is 60 days in? Okay, 60 days in. We have to have another episode to discuss this. <laughs> okay. Y'all need to go watch it first. You finna take 60 days out just to <laughs> explain it. You can ha- 60 days in. No, what were you going to say? Corinne? Oh, no, you finished. Okay, 60 days in is a show on A&E. Okay. And, and ironically, the last two seasons have been in Fulton County Jail mm. here in Atlanta. Wow. So they take volunteers who are like civilians, whatever, and they agree to go into jail and oh. pretend to be in prison for 60 days. <laughs> now that's dumb. <laughs> who are these people? I would not do that for $50,000. No, no like, way. And it gets like this last days, season, it gets crazy. I would, I would totally do it for 60 so, days. But like Damn. after watching them go through it, I'm like, well, first of all, they did. there have been like a couple of seasons. So before they went to Fulton County, they were like in this jail in Arizona somewhere. And that was bad, but like. Fulton County Jail. Mm-mm. Like, are people getting beat up on the show? Like, they're getting, like, shanked? They're getting, like, if it gets to the point where, like, they've had a couple of participants where their lives are being threatened by someone in jail, by an inmate, Mm-mm. and they have to pull them Mm-mm. because they can't be, like, liable Protect- right. for something happening to them. But you are watching people, like, get beat up and, I mean, building shanks out of toothbrushes. But like, even that, is- like, I mean, they, they can have the claws to pull you, but... In the moment, if it goes down, you're still it. It's going down, and yeah. they might come in has, while has it's any, going down to try to get you. Di- no one's died yet, though. No one's died, Bro. but but a couple of people have been found out Mm-mm. why they were in there. Really? Yeah. Y'all need to watch this. I don't want to <laughs> tell you no spoilers out here, but after watching that, I was like, Mm-mm. I don't even know, like. To be in a jail or prison situation, I mean, imagining, this is me imagining myself in there. Like, you have to, like, to go in 60 days like that, like, you have to go in and, like, become somebody else. Right. For sure. To, like, make it. But other people that have been in there don't do that. Like, they go in still being themselves, and people... (laughs) 
people that like are the banker, like, yeah, the banker guys, like it's like, like people looking at your haircut already, like nah, you right. didn't do it. Whatever you said you did, you ain't do it. We don't believe you. I'm in there practicing yoga. They're like, get out of <laughs> here. Like, no, whatever you said you did, you didn't do it. We you can see that down. We're done. Goodbye. <laughs> and here's my here's my other thought on that. You know, one wife and daughter. Two, I just think that the system in large is bogus. So like. I'm going to honor the laws to whatever extent, but like the law of our land is not righteous and holy. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's a website, something like 12 felonies a day or something like that. And this website outlines that within all of the laws that are on the books, I think it's called three felonies. Every citizen commits multiple felonies every day. And that's just like one fascinating, two bogus. So trying to esteem and honor some law quote for the sense of you know goodness or abiding i just think that's okay anyway so do you believe in law like what would you suggest would be like the replacement like a set of 10 commandments that we all strive to live by but like there is no such thing as like an agreed upon set of rules that we all as a society live by I mean, I, you know, this is probably very philosophical. First, that's um, what we do here on yeah. Off Record. So I, think, I do think that there's something innate to all human beings. That, like, there is a law of the conscious. And we all probably tread over it and forsake it for, you know, anything from a cookie to, you know, Providing a, a for your felony family. for sure. Uh, but I think when we begin to move beyond that and uh, mandate consequences... And especially as you look how, you know, corrupt our justice system is, it's just hard to validate and affirm it and to say, oh, no, it's objectively good or better than others. So I don't know if that answers your question. No, I I think it strives to answer the question. I think I think and I agree with your sentiment that the justice system we currently have is flawed and it is used to target. I think we do we talk about this on the last episode we talked about how like certain laws are used to target certain um, neighborhoods and for sure. I mean, like, yes. I mean, that yeah. that is clear and, you know, pretty un- unarguable Inarguable for okay. sure. Is that a word? Yeah. Inarguable. Um, but I guess to me, like, I think that can go too far to where and I do think like legislating morality is like a super slippery slope mm-hmm. and like other things like that. But I do think like it can go too far where we're like, man, f, f the government, f these laws. Like, I'm gonna, li- I'm gonna do me. Then, it w- like, okay, now yeah. we're using a highlighter to ch- pick and choose what laws we we d- we agree with that sure. we don't agree with. But I, I think what I always say in this conversation is that I'm doing that already. I sped on the way down here, consistently the whole time. For sure, I run yellow lights all day. There are certain things I write on my taxes. Other things I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, we're do we are functionally, uh, I don't know, breaking whatever standards we're putting out there, um, and I'm not saying that you do away with the whole thing, but I just think the higher law, maybe the law of the conscious, uh, the sort of timeless uh, values, maybe that that most cultures throughout time have advocated for. I think that's what's real and that's what's true. And beyond that, I think it's just a power game to give certain people power at the oppression of other people that's historic that's not america that's obviously america but what do y'all think about what we are talking about well my thought is it kind of reminds me of reminds me of a story so 
a couple months ago, Matt and I were going to an event in California and it was in one of these like really rich areas of California. Like you're driving down and seeing like all these houses in the hills, you know, we mm-hmm. had an Uber driver with us and he's like, man, these houses, these rich people. And so we spent probably like five minutes, like just ragging on rich people. Like, I know, cannot believe these rich people. And then it got quiet and I was like, I know I hate them. So I become one of them, man. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, yeah about the law like i'm all like fight fight for the power fight the man until like somebody does something that i'm like hey no you don't do that the man come over here and tell these people they don't do that you know right so i think that's sort of the hypocrisy of being a human being is like you can like hate 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 or whatever yeah you know you want the the freedom to do you until when someone else is doing them, it infringes on your ability to yeah, do you. Yeah, and then you're like, where are the lawmakers now? You know, totally. I don't know if y'all were watching. Um, obviously, I've been spending a lot of time, lot of time watching TV. But um, <laughs> there's a Netflix show called Wild Wild Country. Oh, I just did finished you, it. Did you watch this? Oh, my god. Okay, gosh. like Wild Wild Country. It was from the city and... It was uh, Rajneeshi. Yeah. yeah, the Rajneeshi. Yeah, uh, the Rajneeshi started, like, Oregon. bought this land in, in Oregon and it was actually an interesting study to me of what we're talking about because it was like it was like the pot calling the kettle black calling the kettle black calling the kettle black like over and over because mm-hmm. they move like you have these like this religious group that moves into this area and basically disrupts the lives of this mm-hmm. small town mm-hmm. but then you have the small town full of all of these you know older white people like how dare you come in and take our land and i was like wait a oh, minute do you I- hear yourself do you hear yourself talking? I was like, um, <laughs> you weren't, or like, you're not native to this land. No, like, this isn't white even person your whose land. grandfather started Nike and then used that money in order to, like, so, but it was crazy because literally I was, like, pro Rosnishi, like, halfway through, and then all of a sudden, then you see, like, the human, like, the evil human element of being human, like, start to, like, rear its ugly head within the Rajnishi like, cult, or not cult, sorry. They call it a cult. It's a religious group. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of self-destructs within because of jealousy and other things. Mm-hmm. But it was so fat. It was so fascinating mm-hmm. because I was just like, oh, like it's not clean cut. They really did want to like just, you know, create this like town and insulate themselves and do them. It seemed like for a while and people weren't satisfied with that. So then they lashed <laughs> out right and started to like push back yeah and then they're like why did you push back now we have to push back and it was this race to arms Mm. of you know everybody trying to secure their own freedom at the cost of someone else's freedom yeah i mean like can human beings really be trusted to to truly govern ourselves well like even in the most communal environment that's what i thought was so crazy about that story because even in the most like we're about love Mm -hmm. we're trying to find enlightenment here we go poisoning you. You know, like it was like some crazy stuff. Yes. Like, I mean, of course, in my faith context, that makes me think like, well, that's why we're in need of God. Mm. That's why we're in need of redemption. That's why like Jesus is necessary because if you leave us alone as human beings, I mean, we're all actual mm. two-year-olds inside. We the, are going to wreck because stuff. The like, Rajneeshi like whole mantra was like total freedom, total enlightenment. Like, there is no such thing as God. Like we are gods. We will like, if we fully find our consciousness, like we will find total freedom. And, but then you have people like, like 
trying to grab power despite the fact sure. that it goes completely against their like out mindset of so it was, it was super super interesting um, have you guys seen we're on TV shows now Flint Town though because that kind of Man, goes I haven't watched Flint Town yet I'm scared I'll be crying it's going to be it. ugly crying it is started amazing last night, yeah. did you watch Corinne no I'm scared I'll be crying it's dope. It's what worthwhile. is it on it is it does Netflix? such a like mm-hmm. it is such a good job of giving every perspective so like the like police white police officer perspective and they don't do a, any any like shading of like we feel negative about this point of view so we're going to tell you like they make you care for the white police officer just as much as the community activist who hates that police officer just as much as the black police officer who's in the middle the black police officer who probably sides with the law enforcement, the black police officer that's torn mm-hmm. about even being part of the system. And the fact that the water crisis, the water crisis plays a backseat to everything that's right. happening, which is like, right. so they don't even deal with it, but they deal with it because it's just part of their reality. It's an instigator. Yeah. 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 Um, huh. It is super hmm. fascinating. And they have kind of this like Malcolm uh, and um, sorry, Malcolm and Martin, mm-hmm. like please, the mm. two police chiefs kind of like embody mm. the Malcolm and Martin dialogue huh. and like debate. Um, and the Malcolm police chief takes over and like stuff starts getting done and the mm. city starts getting cleaned up. It's so wow. interesting. Huh. I have to see that. He but did. I don't know if I'm ready. <clears throat> like, I know there's certain things that like I go to watch and I'm like seven seconds on Netflix is one of those and I'm like I don't know Mm. if I can do it we did that my wife and I went to start Flint Town probably a month ago or six weeks ago and she was just like I'm just I can't right now I'm not on it and then last night we actually watched two episodes it's not as draining as you think it might be yeah surprisingly it's not as draining it's like actually life giving Hmm. in a lot of ways we'll try try. and we'll report back yes (laughs) We'll decide. <laughs> we'll decide. <laughs> my perspective, from my point of view, is that it's actually very, uh, you know, gives a lot of equality to a lot of different voices, hmm. which doesn't happen. Before we let this go, I just want to get any final thoughts on, you know, law, a law unto ourselves, a law of the land. Um, I do think, you know, what you were saying with the show as a point of reference that things tend to be such, you know, people tend to do drastic sort of binary uh, pendulum swings, right? So like, I, you know, I ate fast food and now I'm a vegan. I was Republican and now I'm Democrat. We, we tend to be very sort of binary creatures. The point is, I don't think that saying, okay, uh, you know, opposition to or questioning the law of the land, I don't know that that means lawlessness. Sure. Um, so I think what I'm advocating for thinking about or processing is like a middle ground, like what is all of that built on? What are laws built on? They, I think they have to be built on something. And like, so that's, that's, that's one piece of it. <clears throat> but then another piece of it, I think are expectations. And maybe it is, uh, you know, culture or faith or, you know, that influences our perspective. But I expect people to fail me and I expect people to have an interest in self but, and you know, my, my wife may correct this, but I, I try to practice an allowance. Like you can be an asshole with me. You know what I'm saying? You no, can be, true. you can, you can take something from my house. You, you can, sometimes. you can do that. You know what I'm saying? There's an allowance for that. Not because that's good or beneficial or healthy, but like, that's just what it is. So there's an allowance for that. So, you know, like 
what is what's the combination of those things where we say look humans are how humans are and i i can identify that not only through other experiences but i know that other people are going to be assholes to me because i'm an asshole to people people are going to get impatient so how do we marry that to sort of the thing that our laws are built on which i think are innate what do we do with that that's a good question i mean that's the question yeah. to, to to be answered i mean so my swing has been hardcore conservative and then like now I would say I'm like libertarian. So I'm in this place where I actually, I mean, I, I fully believe in small government. I fully believe in limiting the amount of legislation that like, I think we spend so many dollars prosecuting legislation that doesn't, that isn't beneficial to our mm. society. I mean, marijuana use is probably one thing that I like fully believe in. Not because I, I've ever smoked marijuana in my entire life. I've never touched it. Not because I have a moral thing against it, just because there is a there is a law abiding sure. piece of me that says like it's not worth right. the consequences right. that it would cost me if <clears throat> for right now because it is illegal in Georgia. Mm-hmm. But we pro- we we spend so many dollars prosecuting marijuana use when in reality, like why? So it's like things like that that do get me where like this is this is a control situation. This is a t- how is this law being used to target certain demographics of mm-hmm. people in order to control people? Um, so how do we kind of take off of the things that really don't affect other people? Um, and I can probably argue and go too far in that even where I'm like, to be honest, if someone wants to shoot up heroin, I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah. And that's, that's their decision. And I hate that. And I would love to like, tell them why i think that's a bad decision mm. but i don't think there should necessarily be legislation that says like you can't do that to yourself mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of where i'm at at this point um because especially i've been reading a lot about kind of mass incarceration and so i'm at the point where i would like to see you know drugs completely decriminalized mm-hmm. um because if you look at you know what populations they're mm-hmm. targeting you know every People are using drugs at the same rate, but now you're arresting this one demographic. Right. If you take, you know, crime, crime for crime, we get longer, African-Americans get longer sentences for the same crime, for right. the same mm-hmm. criminal history. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we kind of look at the criminal justice system, like, you know, judges taking bribes to put kids in juvie for longer, you know, the um, the money that's made for private prisons, the quotas that they have in the mm-hmm. prisons, um for the beds to be filled and the wages, you know, you get, you know, call centers or Walmart or whoever, you know, can get a full yeah. hour of wor- full day of work for $1. You know, there's all this money because of, fel- because of felony people have felony on their record, so they can't get jobs. Is that no, right? they're 13th actually, amendment. Like, well, they're the actually, population. they're actually, um, employing, the employing pr- the prisoners. Yeah. Right. Um, and then you look at kind of the third grade reading scores is how they're, sizing the prisons so it just kind of all of it just kind of makes me sick at this point and it just makes me think that the core of the justice system is sort of rotten and kind of what do i need to do you know to to contribute you know do i need Mm -hmm. to research all the you know the judges and publish their sentencing you know Mm -hmm. patterns you know across you know racial lines Mm -hmm. and just put it on the internet i don't know that sounds like something four districts about. Um, I would love to help you do that. Okay, but let me say something that's like would be I haven't thought through. So this might be the most ignorant ass statement that I've ever made in my life. So danger approach. 
I'm fine with that. But <laughs> what if, but in doing so, if we decriminalize drugs, mm-hmm. I think that there would have to be on some level a counterbalancing of extreme charges if that that drug use then caused harm to someone of in, that's innocent so like mm-hmm. drug drive drunk driving would be like oh the, yeah, like, yeah yeah absolutely to where like yeah. we and i think generally like drunk driving it's like you know you have three strikes mm-hmm. like i would be at the level of like it's one strike you're out like mm-hmm. if you do drugs and then kill someone in the process like you're gone forever yeah, so I mean non-violent drug mm. offenses, yeah, okay. by the way. Non-violent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's, my, that's my big thing is like, I'm fine. If whatever you want to do behind closed doors within your own power to do, I think I'm, I'm kind of like, again, there's a social side of me that would love to engage that person and say, hey, I think there's probably a better way to deal with the things you're dealing with mm-hmm. other than, you know, heroin if you're a white guy like me. Like... It, it seems like there's a huge epidemic of that happening, especially in Atlanta, actually. Mm. Um, but legally, I, I don't think it's a huge, it's something that we need to, you know, morally legislate at. But I mean, what do you think? I have no thoughts. Okay. But then word. The, my, my other thing. I have no thoughts. Corinne is better at thinking these things. No, no. But my problem is that we're prescribing heroin as well, right? So heroin was created by a company I work for, Bear Material Science. Are you sure you want to put that in there? No, it's Bear. Bear uh, aspirin. Uh, They're so big, they don't care. Okay. No, they they know about that. They, no, this um it was developed as a non addictive alternative to uh, morphine. morphine, right? So what is the difference between heroin and, you know, what we're prescribing in the hospitals? And it's nothing, right? Mm. Um, it's just that, you know, they've, they're able to, you know, the different drugs, they're able to synthesize them in the lab. Mm. And that's really the, the only difference. Why is cocaine illegal? It has actually a lot of um, medicinal uses, right? You know, especially even they still use it if kids get stuff, stuff in their nose. They put a little on them hmm. to underneath their nose to open up the nasal passage so they can get, you know, when kids put like crayons. Really? Yeah. yeah, they put up. So, you know, they put a little. What? So the reason. I told you she has the thoughts. So I think like, the reason that they um, took cocaine, made it illegal is because they were putting it in Coca-Cola, small mm-hmm. amounts. So instead of going to the doctor when people had a pain, they would mm-hmm. just take a Coca-Cola. So criminalizing cocaine was about money criminalizing heroin which you can make on the streets versus the stuff they're synthesizing in the lab Hmm. it's all about money Mm -hmm. so until we stop prescribing the same medications that are on the streets then you know i Hmm. think that's all i have to say speak a word (laughs) but see this is like and, and we're on one now this, you know, a lot of people will clown me for the yoga thing and for the vegan thing and what we're on with our water. My wife does home, home birth. Like, wait, what, what's, what are you on with your water? <clears throat> what do you do for your water? You know, our water is poison, period. You look at the sources from where uh, a city's regular water is drawn from. So ours in Indiana, and I'm from Cincinnati originally, but it's all, you know, in Indiana where I'm at, the Ohio River is down in in Evansville, is downriver from Louisville, downriver from Cincinnati, downriver from Pittsburgh, and God knows what else is up there. Uh, So all of the uh, manufacturing contaminants and chemicals that are dumped into the river legally 
And then whatever is happening at nighttime when the allowance isn't being, you know, applied. And then all the agricultural runoff, Mm -hmm. pesticides, herbicides, that all goes into our water. Not to mention all of our piss and all of our shit. And so that flows down the Ohio River and they pull water in Indiana out of the river. And then they, quote, clean it. And I guess it is more clean, but they just add chemicals to it to make it clear. And then they deliver that clear, quote, clean water through uh, a water system, an infrastructure system. Pipes are full of all kinds of corrosive materials and rust. And then I put it in my glass and I drink it. And that shit is poisoning us. Um, so how we're processing our water, uh, it's, it's called a Kangen machine. It's a, a product by Enagic. It's a company in Japan. The point is... We get to talking about this stuff with people and like we're the ones with three heads on our shoulders, you know what I'm saying? Or a third eye. And all I'm saying is like, if you aren't thinking about this stuff, I should be looking at you like you crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like when you, when you begin to understand the system and who benefits, who's behind it and sort of what is being, uh, the rhetoric that's being presented that says, yo, trust me, drink, you know, I just, I might just share this with you. There was a recent study published by Time magazine. Did you guys see this about how 90% of all plastic bottled water has uh, plastic strands in the bottle? So per one liter of water, there are 10.4 strands that are the size of a human Mm -hmm. hair. Wow. We're drinking plastic. That's not to mention the, the chemicals that are in the plastic and how that leaches in the water and how that water is probably toxic from the jump. But like the point is... Not to get us all into despair and depression, but... Because now everyone's just like not drinking water that day. No, don't drink water. They're about to go drink Coke. The food that we eat, the water that we drink, the air that we breathe, like the, you know, there are, there are interests. Flint isn't like only happening in Flint. You know what I'm saying? Uh, There are, there are interests behind all of these systems that are in place that people just think, oh, it's, it's normal. You have to pay the city for a water bill. Oh, it's normal. You have to pay these power companies. I don't really know what I'm on right now, but. And that's not true. Literally there, I have a neighbor who lives off the grid. Yeah. Only rain catchment, solar power, like he pays his property taxes and that's the only thing he does. And that's not, you know, again, it's not necessarily a binary response. It's not like, quote, going off the grid all of a sudden solves everything. But I'm just saying, like, and I don't even Because there's know. still, like, right, there's that rain runoff doesn't necessarily mean that water he's drinking for is sure. clean. They like, got to process it, no <clears throat> doubt. For sure. So let me ask this question then because this is very interesting. How do you live? Because on one level, like, to live that way that you're describing, one, around every corner you're going to see ghosts. And to live that way, to be honest, like, I don't know, it's worth it to me. Yeah. Like, on some level, like, sure. ignorance is bliss, and I kind of am okay with that to, like, be like, look, I got my Brita, and I'm going to do what I can. Right. But, like, that that's Your the Brita's life I'm... Your not doing much, because I did a um, high school... Well, don't worry, I'm not under any yeah. illusion yeah. that my Brita's yeah. doing a lot. <laughs> Just make sure you feel... Assuaging no, my <laughs> conscience. And I have receipts for you on Indiana, though, because I did a high school science fair project, because I did it every year, because I was a super nerd, but I actually tested the dissolved solids in different waters. Mm. And so, um, so yeah, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty bad. Okay. Like, and particularly in Indiana, it was mm-hmm. even like, so if maybe you bought three one times of these, like $10,000 water machines that he uses. So yeah. Cause so, that's about what it costs, right? I don't. Less than five. Okay. It's less but, than five. But I think, 
I don't know, because then my parents live in Indiana as well. And so like you can taste the difference. Like, I mean, Atlanta water isn't that clean, but like the Indiana water is bad. Like you turn on the sink and it's like it can be rust. Like it's just gross. No, but they I don't know if it's but you bought that. So I think they have to pay for it every year, but they have a very expensive system to make sure the water's clean. Yeah. So do you drink tap water in Atlanta? I do drink tap water in Atlanta, but I do not drink tap water in Indiana. But I am considering getting a water softening system. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, w- I will not drink Indiana tap water. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Any thoughts yet? Um, I do have a little bit of thoughts about this. I just knew that Corinne had the better thoughts. No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the more articulate thoughts. I was like, let her say it. Then I'll be like, yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah, I think um, I'm kind of in between the two of you as far as like things like water and food. I've become very like a lot more concerned about like where my food's coming from. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, you could buy something that's organic, but out of season here in Georgia, which means like that's (laughs) not long. Yeah. Like, so what's is that like Hmm. you ate that thing that was organic, but the amount of transportation it took right. to get that thing right. to you and then by the time mm-hmm. it gets to you you know yep. all those yes. concerns so i try to also not be super stressed mm-hmm. and if you were gonna think about all of it you would be really stressed because you'd be like what are my clothes doing Yo. and where did my shoes come so like what i try to do is like take like small steps so i would mm-hmm. say in the last five years I've taken more steps towards thinking about some of those things yeah. mm-hmm. and like eating more local fruits and mm-hmm. veggies. And when we're going to restaurants, try to go to restaurants that are also like more farm to table situations, for example, you know? So I think it's good for us to, to start thinking through those mm. things so that we can like take care of the earth better. But I also think if you try to do all of it, I mean, for then that becomes a privileged thing. Yeah. Cause then it's like, well, sure. it'd be people out here like sure. eating what they can drinking the water they have, like, yeah. because that's what they have access yeah. to. And, and in some cases, depending on the conversation, I am those people that I'm right. like, well, I can't afford to do this part. So I do this thing I can't afford to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's how I try to, handle that but some of those things have become a lot more important to me than they would have been 10 years ago Mm -hmm. certainly and can i just like i just think that it's interesting like because i get like i totally agree that we need to be more responsible with the earth and i totally believe in doing what we can but as far as like my personal health like there's just so many things that like if that if i try to pick out like how many bad things are going into my body Mm -hmm. like i it's an it's a never-ending list yeah. And yet there are people on that that are are just like me that are living to 110 years old. Mm-hmm. And they, they'll they tell you, because I drank a Diet Coke every day, like, this is why right. I live so long. Right. Which is cannot be true. Yeah. But, like, and so what, <clears throat> what is the chief end of living healthy in the sense of, I'm going to want, I'm going to be one that's, like, lives fairly, like, does what I can to a certain extent, but I only have so many hours in the day trying to live yeah. life, son, wife all these other things like where was i going with that thought process completely lost um clearly i need to take care of better <laughs> my body well i no, mean no, no. I, I was gonna add to what you said though to say there's a lot of layers to it too though it's like 
you know, there's genetics that oh, play yeah. a role in it. You know, mm-hmm. like I've met some people that I was looking at their skin, like, please tell me your regimen. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's just water for me because my mom right. and dad's skin just right. clear like this, mm-hmm. you know? So there's all these layers to me that play a role in like the who lives long and all, you know, there's a lot of yeah, layers to that. Too. That was Exactly. So what is the chief end? Is it to live a long life? Because to be honest, like I'm going to live the life that I had, like, give me give me my 75 years and like and lord please take me home like is is kind of one of those things like what it like sean for someone who has invested so heavily like what is the chief end to investing so heavily in you know vegan yeah water treatment man i just think like i grew up in a i don't know i don't know that i grew up in poverty we touched it we were near to it so i grew up fast food frozen food didn't know nothing about nothing divorce yeah. like no options like you have what you have if you have it um because of circumstance and fortune and i've met primarily my wife who has introduced me to this whole world and you know maybe 12 years ago started making actual food like there weren't homemade meals in my house for the most part if it was it was like uh, macaroni cheese and fish sticks you know what i'm saying like yeah. so i think i we i didn't set out even at this point i don't wake up today like the revolution or i don't you know what am i going to do today it's just like as you get put on game you can choose to yeah go that way or continue you know down the lane that you're on and so for me what is the chief end to like not participate in poison you know what i'm saying totally and i think that's why i live and I'm conflicted about this, but I think I live low and I think I live slow because of all that stuff. I think I don't pursue opportunities or, you know what I'm saying? Like, because I know that the faster life gets and the more involved it gets, hmm. the less time and assets and opportunities that you have to like sl- actually wonder, okay, what kind of poison am I putting in my body? How is that affecting me? What am I teaching my child? What am I teaching the people around me? Like, how many how many conversations I've been able to have with people that don't necessarily have access to the knowledge, the assets, whatever, over inviting people into my home, making meals for them, yeah. sharing water. I saw with your them, Instagram with those dudes. You know that what I'm saying? Had like that first vegan meal. Those are my house. guys, man. Like yeah. and and even how they're beginning to think about their diet, their life, and more than all of that, just like the mainstream propaganda and rhetoric about everything that people are just so connected to and plugged into that they can't have any kind of like, not even original idea, but to like not just clown on a vegan. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Be like, okay, well, what's in that? What's in eating a plant-based lifestyle? Or what's actually in these animals that I'm eating or this processed food that I'm eating or this frozen food that I'm eating? And what am I supporting? Not only how am I helping or hurting my body, but like what is the bigger picture anyway? So there's a lot in there, but I'm definitely not throwing shade at anybody or saying you know i don't think anyone feels like you're throwing shade on yeah i had my apple cider vinegar drink right before you all walked in so (laughs) yeah Um. i had chicken wings i don't know if that (laughs) but what with what you said you know with genetics it kind of makes me like i you know it's good to be healthy but at the same time like i take an example from my mom she only eats fruits and vegetables like pretty much that no grains no meats no whatever because she's pretty much allergic to everything Mm. completely healthy um, exercises, eats well, but she's had three transient ischemic attacks, like many strokes. Mm. And there's like no explainable reason. So you're like, you know, except family history. She think part of it is, you know, kind of genetics. And so that kind of thing makes me mad. I've actually thought yeah. about it. 
And I thought, like, if I ever get lung cancer because I never smoked, I'm going to start smoking and then smoke the rest of my life. Like, mm. I've already thought of that because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. you know, you see that genetic, you know, so. I think that's so important, though. I mean, I definitely have had health challenges that forced me to have to change my eating. But it also changed my relationship to food mm-hmm. because I think sometimes we have this, I'm just food as an example, but we have this idea like, there's all these extremes about food that either like we're gorging on it, you know, we've become gluttons over here, or it's just like utilitarian mm-hmm. and you just need to like eat whatever mm-hmm. you're going to eat. So make it through the day, whatever. And like, I've had to learn the balance of there's a lot of beauty and community in food mm-hmm. too, that like food itself shouldn't be demonized mm-hmm. or glorified mm-hmm. too much either but done well, it's a part of what brings us together. And I had mm-hmm. to learn that even in like getting to a place where there were some things that it's like, man, I'm not going to be able to eat that anymore. Cause my mm-hmm. body like hates that. Mm-hmm. And man, I'm sad. I'm not going right. to do that. Like for me, right. that's like dairy. Like I grew up as a kid, like drinking milk, yogurt, mm-hmm. cheese, ice cream, everything yeah. mm-hmm. and got into my thirties and my body was like, and I hate this. Right. And so I can't, mm-hmm. I can't, I can very rarely like, indulge in it and I have like Mm -hmm. really think about it when I do and so at first that felt like this assault on me because Mm -hmm. we do have all Mm -hmm. these emotional connections Mm -hmm. even to food and our bodies and all that stuff but also being like you know what I can learn to enjoy some things. I can learn to like enjoy some coconut ice cream, even though I'm mean, missing it. <laughs> taste it, you know. But yeah. just, just I think for me, like if I was going to answer your question about what's the end game or like the chief goal for me, it is community. There's mm. some community in it. Like when I started really looking into like I do want to eat more. I want to I want to eat better fruits and vegetables. So that started me out there like, well, I want to eat organic. Well, then you get into that and you're like, but is it? the same if I go to the store and I get something that came from Costa Rica to eat it organic. And then like, by the time it gets to me. And so then that got me like, mm-hmm. well, who's farming here in Georgia? And mm-hmm. like, how can I know where my food comes from? Mm-hmm. All that becomes communal in the mm-hmm. sense of like, well, I'm supporting this, you know, farmer over mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. that maybe doesn't have the big industrial right. whatever, but right. like I'm getting their peaches and their strawberries. And that's a way I can also like be a part of community mm-hmm. where yeah. I am, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think that's the big like theoretical idea that we are all so disconnected from mm-hmm. everything that we participate in. Our food is just one example. Yeah. I don't know where it come from, what was done to it, what's mm-hmm. in it, what's not in it. But that there, there's a big, you know, that can project to all kind of stuff. We talk about how can we be connected with the people that follow us because we're only connected through social media or through the internet. The amount of actual relationships that we have versus the faux relationships that we have. You know what I'm saying? There's a whole lot there about sort of the time that we find ourselves in where our connection is actually disconnection. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think there's something about just like, so if I got to slow it down, if I got to pull it back, like for me to actually have something real, I was eating dinner tonight at Whole Foods and I was thinking about this. I had a salad, uh, asparagus and sweet potatoes. And I was like, 10 years ago, if you'd have told me that is dinner, <laughs> it ain't going like, mm-hmm. but it's like just no simple chicken? and it's real. And it like, it was just, a, it was kind of just a good little, like beautiful moment. You know what I'm saying? Like my wife got me hip to all of this, but now I've adopted it and I participate in it and I value it. And like. Mm-hmm three simple small things it was real it was good and like i was thankful for it. you know what i'm saying yeah well um i'm sure i'll talk about this more but one of my buddies is getting ready to launch a company called ungrocery 
Hmm. Since we're on the topic, I'll plug uh, a buddy of mine uh, who it is. He is basically creating uh, an app that connects you with local providers. Hmm. Hmm. So like find the closest person who's doing, you know, any type of meat that you might be looking for hmm. uh, in a sustainable way. Um, cool. He's like vetted, gone to all of these farms, but like vegetables, fruits, whatever. And, he, and that way you can order directly from the farmer. Hmm. So not just restaurants that have the bandwidth to go search out yeah. these local producers because it's hard like for me to even begin to think through okay well, i want to find a local producer mm-hmm. you got to be find someone who's hit super hip and is mm-hmm. to the game is like oh here is because mm-hmm. most of these farmers don't have websites right, right. online out here shops, farming bro right. <laughs> right. Like, that's time for they a website, don't know golly. so that's what you know my buddy tim is looking to kind of solve hmm. um and he's getting he actually launches april 26th oh that's still um yeah so right around well, the time we have something potentially launching he here does on, on uh on fourth district so um all right we didn't we we had a lot of other things we plan on talking about <laughs> i feel like this was a good conversation yeah. we, we did good should we give like you know i mean would you like to give like two thoughts about cardi b and her glow up and and this new album before we like sign off okay i have become a reluctant cardi b fan oh like the rest of us yeah i i heard bodak yellow and freaking fell in love with it <laughs> i was like who is this what is, what are these, these are bloody shoes yes make the money move i was here for the whole thing so i listened to the album and i was a little in between because i was kind of like afraid like man i love bodak yellow like what if this album is not like the move and i have to say I loved it surprisingly. Yes. Like, I thought the production was interesting. I thought it was good that she wasn't in her sing songy, whatever. Y'all know I hate that. Whatever that. <laughs> the Drake for, yeah. for girls. I hate, like, I hate that. That, like, <laughs> every time I talk, I gotta sound like this. I hate that. It just makes me die inside. So I was, like, happy to hear her spitting, though. Yeah. Mm. Like, I was happy about that. She got but, bars? She has some bars on the <laughs> Word? Sorry, y'all. This is my this alarm famous. telling me to go it's to Cardi. bed. That's my go to bed alarm. That's what happens when you get in your 30s. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I love this thing. Huh. I feel like we need to come back and discuss this after everyone has listened. But there were some vulnerable things that I was like, huh, this is fascinating, mm. Cardi B. Yeah. I want to compare Cardi B to Beyonce. I have a lot of things that we mm. need to discuss. Ooh. Yep. I'm excited. Yep. Wow. Yes. No, so... Corinne, you because you're a Cardi B fan as well. Yes, so I'm like a fan of her, like her glow up. Like I really am excited because if you look at, I guess where she came from, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, that is like the one reality show that I can't watch because it's difficult. Like the way that the women are treated, mm. and it feels like, like the longer they're on the show, the worse their life gets. Like mm. the men are treating them horribly. And at the same time, they're acting out in more and more desperation to get on the show the next year. But I like how she took that platform and is like, I'm going to get the glow up. You know what I mean? So I'm cheering for her. And you can see just the enthusiasm and the excitement and the love that's kind of exuding from her. This is my moment. I'm going to take advantage of it. And like living her best life, you know, she's engaged. And I guess she was on SNL and she was so happy. And she guess she announced her pregnancy. And I'm just excited about this moment and how she's enjoying it and how she's still being herself and being real. Like I was like, I can like she's and she's not trying to be like, I don't know, 
like it's not an act like it's real and it's right. genuine right. and so i'm just excited and so i'm looking forward to listening to her album because i'm just a fan of like the journey that she's taken so mm. she says all the things that i wish i could say too that's why i kind of want to compare to beyonce a little bit because i feel like when like beyonce makes a song like run the world it's like when i'm getting ready to go into a professional meeting like i listen to that joint before i go into yeah. a meeting like just so they know we do run the world like that's my like tear the club yes. up whatever that used to be yeah you would like that was like your yeah. get crunk song uh, yeah and i feel like cardi b has an element of that in her music this like empowerment yes this like i really really started from the bottom now we hear like Mm. story where she's like look these are the things that happened these are like the things i had to do to get to this point i got these teeth and y'all mad like (laughs) i was like they are mad cardi so like i love it i love that she's being herself i love that she's telling her story i love that i didn't hear anything about molly and all just like Mm. that Thing that has become like you gotta be doing that to yep. be in hip-hop like i love yeah, right. it part it's not it wasn't the party album that i thought it was gonna be yeah it was definitely the like the like old school like hip like this is my life let me paint a picture of like how we got here and and mm. everything and not the like how we got here was selling drugs and right. all these other things. Right. You know what else um, I thought about too was I had a little thought about Iggy Azalea and I don't be thinking about Iggy a lot because mm-hmm. she just, it's just mm-hmm. hard. It's just hard. Mm-hmm. But I was listening to Cardi's record thinking, I hope Iggy Azalea is listening to this huh. because I would have rather heard her be her Australian self huh. on an album mm-hmm. versus her feel like she got to make herself this person like we lost her accent we didn't get to hear that we didn't get to really hear her whereas cardi b gate she gave us this afro latina 25 Mm -hmm. year old like this is my story she gave Mm -hmm. it to us i cannot hate on that so let me ask the hard question then because no one writes for themselves anymore do you think she had a bunch of like a writing team that like helped her do this stuff like as someone who like like knows that world because i i can't not once ever have i listened to an album been like drake didn't write that or he did write that like i don't i don't i have no idea and i don't have the ability to like pick out those nuances i can pick out that stuff in like filmmaking and the world i live in yeah but so as someone who's a writer knows hip-hop so well like what do you you think she wrote or that wrote the majority of what she did. She probably didn't write the hook, so on and so forth. But do you think she wrote the verses or do you think she had a writing team? I don't know. That's hard to say. But I will say what I heard on the record sounds like her when she talks. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if she did have a team of people, which we could say that's true about Beyonce too, yep. that at least Beyonce is curating some of mm-hmm. what's happening mm-hmm. because it's coming out like her, even Authentically though there are her. all these other mm-hmm. voices involved. For sure. So if... If Cardi B is having some people, which we're sure she is in some ways, you know, having some people come to the table, help her write these things, do this. She maintained that person that is on Instagram, like, eh. like she maintained that. <laughs> and you have to like work hard to be yourself in a room full of other people helping Man. you make something and still sound like that person she was. <laughs> like That she is. Yeah. Totally. Interesting. Let me ask a question before we wrap this up. Yeah. You know, I was talking with my guy, a uh, white guy who raps Cast One on the last episode of Read a Book. And <clears throat> I'm interested in your thoughts on this. Uh, you know, talking about Iggy, like, I'm not sure how to finesse this in a way, so just give me some grace and some space here. 
I wonder if white people have any place in hip hop in like contribute contributing to the to it why do i say that i rapped for 10 12 15 years something like that i think you know i got a whole album of beats and materials and, and i i've had it done probably for three years and i just kind of let it sit and i'm like i don't i don't know anymore um so when you talk about iggy essentially like and I never thought about it like this, you know, because when I was coming up, like I was projecting blackness. And I think that's what a type in Iggy did, right? Or is doing. Um, so what's the thought? What's the question? Like, can white people authentically participate in a Latin African American culture in any kind of authentic way? Does that make sense? It does make what's sense. What's the thought there? Like Iggy saw it, you know, Iggy saw like African-American, like black rap. I would assume. I don't know her story like that. And so she was trying to emulate it. You know what I'm saying? Like I saw Michael Jordan playing basketball when I was coming up. And that's what I was trying to be in, in, in a very, very similar way. While I think hip hop culturally feels like home, I just wonder anymore on the art of it. I'm like, I don't know that I'm allowed to participate in that anymore. You know what I'm saying? That's an interesting thought, yo. I mean, a part of me looks at hip hop and thinks whatever we, the whatever the people who were there that were pioneering that imagined it was going to become, it's become a global sure. thing. It's become something where I think at its heart and core, at the part of it that I love is this like underdog voice, mm -hmm. is this like marginalized, oppressed voice. And For I sure. think many cultures globally um, identify with that. I think the white people that we've seen do hip hop music with the most respect have come into it to be themselves. Mm -hmm. I think that's a part of why Eminem mm -hmm. succeeded. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously I think he's a very dope MC, mm -hmm. but he came in like, I'm a white dude mm -hmm. from the Midwest. Mm -hmm. This is me. Mm -hmm. This is my stuff. Mm -hmm. This is my story. Sure. And I think the white people who came in, trying to be something is where it got really mm. weird mm. and i think at the base of hip-hop which i mean i don't know how if people still feel this way about it but i do from growing up with it the base of hip-hop is you tell your story because nobody's telling it mm -hmm. or they are telling it and they're not telling it right mm -hmm. and you keep it real you be mm -hmm. yourself that's a like to me if hip-hop had core tenets sure. mm -hmm. that's a core tenet yeah. mm -hmm. so i'm like if you can't come to hip-hop and be yourself, then I think don't come to hip hop. Mm -hmm. Don't come, don't come to the table. Mm -hmm. Don't come to the table to be anybody but yourself. Now, you know, you're going to be yourself like with anything, it's going to be out there. If people want to respect that or not, if they mm -hmm. like that or not, if they're sure. into it or not, that's, you but know, it, and it's art. It's art in that way of like, just because it's done doesn't mean that it can, it needs to be respected as that form of, or that art form. Yeah. Like it can be done and done in the vein of an art form and that doesn't necessarily qualify. And that's done by those who are viewers of it. Like it'll either be rejected or accepted. Hmm. So I think it like, <clears throat> unfortunately I think what complicates your answer is like, cause I think M's music, which by the way, like I think, Eminem saved me in so many ways mm. from dealing with anger and like having the ability to have an outlet of not feeling alone and mm. like not feeling in my own, like have to go deeper into the hole, but like have like the, the, the words to articulate what I was feeling as like a 11 year old kid. Um, so like 
to if Eminem hadn't existed, I don't know mm. uh, where I, how things would have shaken out sure. for me in some on some level. Um, so I'm thankful for that. But and but M came into and his, his music was first accepted by an African American community. Mm-hmm. That's true. And then and and then was like, you know, co-signed by one of the greatest producers mm-hmm. of that community. Mm-hmm. Versus now you don't have that same um, barrier to entry mm-hmm. in the community and mm-hmm. the culture anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I think Eminem did it the way that it probably should be. There was gatekeepers. There were people yeah, sure. that said. Yes, you can come yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And now and checked him, right? He could right, just put some right, out on exactly. SoundCloud. Also, and and I think you know, using him as an example, even in the art of rap, mm-hmm. like when they went back to interview now, now Eminem on his Seinfeld after mm-hmm. like he's had all these successes. I could make a record. I could not make a record. Mm-hmm. I'm good. He was still honoring those pioneers. Yeah, sure. Who were all black people. Yeah. He mm-hmm. was still like speaking some words and not, you know, we ain't saying imperfect bless, but I'm just saying he was at least going back to honor this culture where it yeah. came from. I think in general, that's being lost, you know, in some parts yes. of hip hop yeah. culture now. And maybe that's my thought. You guys have sort of helped, you know, come to a crossroads. One, it is the honoring and the knowledge of the history and where it comes from and that it's connected to a story and a place and a people. Uh, and then also the sort of, you know, the, the, the era uh, is or has changed. Like, there's not necessarily the gatekeepers. Why? Because of the internet. And so you can have, you know, somebody like Iggy buzz and create a video. and Little Dicky. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just like, and maybe that's good, maybe that's bad. But it is very different to me. And when I see white people participate in it now, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I think I'm one of the dopest rappers, period. (laughs) (laughs) Period. Period. You I can't really, be an MC if you don't think right. that about yourself. Like, you might I as well really, go sit down somewhere. I really believe that, but I'm just like, yeah, but I don't know that that's like the the appro- the appropriate role. And maybe it's because I'm getting older, and I don't think it's an age thing, but like, I feel like I, there's a burden of knowledge. And as a white person, what is my my best way to participate in it? Maybe it's by not participating in it and giving shine to people who you know feel like they have a more rightful place. Can you just it. trade with like? trade your rap card for iggy that way <laughs> because Please. i mean the accent i just can't get yeah like you were saying be yourself mm-hmm. because when you're imitating a black person like i wouldn't even yeah. talk the way that she taught right because i feel like that would be racist for talk, me. you gotta talk in the mic oh yeah i wouldn't even use the accent yeah like you said she could come with an australian accent so if you could make her stop rapping right. and then you start that yeah. would be but see and, and so i don't know her story and i don't know where she's from but again if you're not connected to a people in a place mm-hmm. like you can't be authentic mm-hmm. all right. you can do yeah. is be like oh i'm jordan and i'm not yeah. jordan you know yeah. what i'm saying but like okay. that's essentially what it is you're acting out yeah. something that you've seen and because someone hasn't said like nah bro like you know mm-hmm. yeah. all right let me let me put pressure on this on this because I don't think you're going to let it fly because I know someone who authentically comes from his community mm-hmm. gives heritage to the community that he comes from mm-hmm. and is universally rejected as a good piece of hip hop in this country hmm. and that's Macklemore hmm. <laughs> I have mixed feelings about that I think I mean there are some ways that I watched Macklemore honor some hip hop pioneers that I thought was really dope. Mm-hmm. And when thrift shop came out, I was like, Oh man, somebody's make like, 
Yeah, I mean, I still don't think he's like that dope of an MC. He's not like my jam. But okay. there were some places where I was like, yeah, Macklemore, okay. But actually, when my husband and I were talking about Macklemore recently, we were wondering about him what you said, mm. which is there was a certain point in, as his career like started to really blow. Mm-hmm. And then he hit that point where he started spending time with some people of color who were mm-hmm. activists in his city. Yeah. And it's like after he had that moment where they made, there's like some kind of project that they made together. I remember together what you're talking about, yeah. Um, but I feel like he was doing that work more than he was making music. And mm-hmm. sometimes I wonder like, I mean, I don't know his story, but I've, I've wondered if when he spent that time, yeah. if he started to have some other thoughts about his voice mm-hmm. and, and how should he use that? Mm-hmm. And should he be backing up from this or what's the way, like yeah. what's the best way to do it? I wondered that because he was really, as far as I know, I mean, I'll be knowing Macklemore y'all, but as far as I was really following that journey, yeah. I mean, he was spending time with some, some heavy hitting intellectuals, activists, like people who were yeah. doing this yeah, yeah. work. And I'm like, how you come out of that? And maybe you come out of that and go, maybe this is not yeah. what I need to be yeah. doing right now. I don't but I know. I think that might've been the time that he put out this unruly mess I made. So like KRS yeah. is on that album. Yeah. Um, and you know, a lot of like the internet blast, I'm like, Oh, it's just his sort of white guilt album. But like, I don't like me. I think there's some of that. Like if you've been participating in a black art as a white person, harnessing all of the magic that is blackness, like, if you continue in that process and down that path and try to honor those people, like you probably at some point should have some guilt. You know what I'm saying? Cause like, and not to mention like the systematic advantages. I talked to JB, my guy who, you know, I, I initially launched read a book with, and he's like, he's a, an Oklahoma city rapper. He's just like a huge staple in Oklahoma. He's like, if somebody blows, they're going to be a white person just because again, like the systematic realities right. of America. Um, but I think a couple of things about Macklemore one, the big thing is, is that I don't really understand white rap. So like, you know, there's a whole sort of independent, like white rap world that my dude Cast One introduced me to. So, you know, like Atmosphere and Slug and Ant and Brother Ali and Sage Francis, all these sort of older white rappers that have been doing it. Like that world seems so foreign to me because it wasn't white guys doing black art. It was like white guys doing like black art, but in a very emo kind of white way. Um, so it was very weird to me and it seems like Macklemore kind of comes out of that world. Um, so I think he's really dope, but I also like, there's been like a, but it's kind of weird. Like it's a little bit weird, you know, because I just, maybe it's because I anticipate and I want rap music to be black. Um, I think he's dope MC. I think he is sort of on a journey. Uh, I think that unruly mess I made, I loved that album. I think because he was conflicted, uh, and then... He's also hustling, like, you know, he's playing the game and there's something that you can't knock the hustle. Like mm-hmm. so. It's interesting. Yeah, I think it's it's important to because uh, I think, yeah, be authentic. Um, understand where you come from and, and just be honest. And I think that it's it's good for anybody who's creating anything to like mm-hmm. live out of that and but again, like you know, not to bring like more whiteness into this podcast, but the masters this past weekend, a dude, Patrick Reed won. And he's like the most hated person. Hmm. And he kind of put out on Twitter. And he's like, I don't care what y'all think. I right. just won the masters. Right. And so I think on some level, you kind of got to like do what you do because you love doing it. And if people get it, then they get it. And if they don't get it, 
that's you know yeah that's on them if you have privilege and you're stepping into a space that was made for and by that's absolutely oppressed people and marginalized people you do need to step into that space with respect oh for sure and if that respect means your silence be silent and if that respect means you step into it and you're just like you got to be there and be humble and be yourself you step into it like that Mm. but i do think we watch the other flip side of that in hip-hop culture happen and we watch people rise and you're looking like why is that person rising when like this person been over here i mean i could bring up rhapsody's name and be like Mm -hmm. she's been dope for like for like 10 years already like dope and a and a better rapper than math lamore in my opinion you know what i'm saying like better rapper than him could wrap him under the table Mm -hmm. you know but she's like clawing and grinding to get it you know so i do think i think hip-hop's a global culture and i have to accept that i have to accept like there's some things that are my hip-hop and i don't get to say what is or isn't hip-hop i don't Mm -hmm. think that's fair Mm -hmm. but i do think hip-hop is a space it's a culture and if you're going to step into it you should step into it with respect yeah One more thought on Macklemore. There's a line, you know, Chance the Rapper was on a song on uh, Unruly Mess I Made. And he said, I remember, you know, talking about the past when he and Macklemore did a show together. He said, I remember when me and Ben were at a show and now even the white girls call me at my show. And there's just like a layer to that that I was like, what do I do with that? Like the, you know, the hustle and the come up and the growth, but like also the fact that like Chance the Rapper has to deal with that in a way that Macklemore can't do anything about can't touch can't comprehend can't understand but like they're still both making art and it just seems very complicated i don't i don't know it's a pendulum yeah Mm -hmm. totally well that's all the time we have so you know (laughs) what what did we talk about today we talked about laws and cardi b yeah (laughs) i mean what else do you need what else what else do you need what else do you need well let's just close uh scratch of the week Give a shout out to something that you care about. Uh, and uh, we will end on that. I don't know. So I guess I'll go first. Guess what I've been reading is a book called Rethinking Mass Incarceration. Mm. I think it's good because it gives like a, some like a biblical perspective as well. Um, so if you, I guess, read the new Jim Crow, um, but you also have like super Christian friends who want like mm. the scriptures and mm-hmm. stuff. So it's really good, but it's really like makes me a little mad. Mm. Shout cool. out to Dominique Gilliard. Yeah, that's like I'm so excited you mentioned that book. Yeah. I'm like, mm, yes, yes, that's great. Yo, um, my scratch of the week is the last OG. I want to give a special shout out to this sitcom featuring Tracy Morgan and Tiffany. Haddish. Is it good? I saw that. Yo, example. it's so first of all, it's so good to see Tracy Morgan like back. And this is like so different from 30 Rock. And it's like dope to see Tiffany Haddish in this role. Like, I'm very excited to see like how this is going to go forward. I'm excited. Dan, what's your scratch of the week? I'm still thinking about mine. Um, I was going to do, honestly, I was going to do on grocery as like my scratch of the week before we ever did this episode. Cause I'm super excited for my friend who's launching this, mm-hmm. this dream. Um, I'll give a shout out <coughs> to, um, somebody who's been around Fort District, been advertising on Fort District, but is a close friend who literally in the last six months has come from a vision to a full-fledged company doing incredible things, and that's Kareem Emanuel, um, who runs a company called We. 
um, and uh, it's a clothing line. It's a statement. It's a lifestyle. Um, but he is killing it. Um, and we met today. He was just giving me the update on we, and he has some incredible things happening. So Word. we are the ones we're waiting for. That's dope. Shout awesome. out to me. I got that mm-hmm. shirt. I'm mm-hmm. ready. It's awesome. Because I can't materially think about any, you know, thing that I'm holding or touching or thinking about. I think the scratch is shout out to the thinkers and the talkers and the listeners. That's I love it. it. It's poetic. That's all I got. It's good. All right, y'all. Uh, it's been real. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter with any thoughts on how you're cleaning your water. You know, my grandfather used to like reorient the electrons in his water with some like crazy machine. It's amazing. So shout out to my grandfather um, <clears throat> for that. But anyway, regardless, just hit us up on Twitter with how uh, what your water treatment is at Dad Dunk at I am Sean Sean Little at Amina Brown at Amina B Amina B, B. <laughs> and then at Corinne Reed. Um, and uh, let us know what we can do, what we can do better. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll see who shows up next week. This is going to become, I think, a revolving door <laughs> of 4th District. Yes. The Off The Record will become something more of a platform for the randomness uh, that is 4th District to come together. So we'll catch you next time. Yeah. Fall out the sky, I don't really know why I'm here. I guess I'm just here for the ride. I swear it feels like I'm dreaming. It's vividly defined, yeah. So call me whatever you want, yeah. Tell me whatever you like, yeah. but let's get one thing straight. Yeah. You know my name, so I run this town when I'm on this mic, yeah. yeah. So here I go, B.O.B., five and right. Yeah. I don't know, lead I don't, yeah. but I know yeah. that I flow. Yeah. Rack them up, knock them down, yeah. dominoes, yeah. then I go where my story goes. Yeah. I know I've done been down here before. Yeah. Shout out to my East Decatur home, yeah. cause I was in the cold, trying to keep my toes in the fold. Yeah. Now I'm in your house, yeah. now I'm in your show, yeah.
Do you wear funny socks? Most men do. Whether it's at the office or at the bar, your socks are guaranteed to be a conversation starter. Society Socks isn't a men's sock subscription company that sends two pair. Nope. Society Socks is a men's sock subscription company that sends two pairs of exclusively designed socks to your door every month. These socks are made of warm, soft, and comfortable blend of combed cotton guaranteed to make you look well-dressed. But why are they called Society Socks? Socks are one of the most needed and least donated clothing items at the homeless shelters and through Society Socks. It's wordy. But why, are the, but why are they called Society Socks? Socks are one of the most needed and least donated clothing items at homeless shelters. Though Society Socks aims to change that. With every pair of socks purchased, another pair of socks is donated to a homeless shelter. Not only will your socks feel and look great, but you will be confident that you are
Go for it. Hey, fellas, are your socks funky? I'm not talking about funky smelling, but funky looking. Your socks can be a conversation starter wherever you go, and Society Socks wants to be part of that conversation. Society Socks is a men's sock subscription company that sends two pairs of exclusively designed socks to your door every month. Socks made of warm, soft, and comfortable comb cotton guaranteed to make you look well-dressed. But why are they called Society Socks? Socks are one of the most essential and least donated items at homeless shelters. I, bro, I can't say socks one more time. It is bad. It is bad. But why are they called society socks? Socks are one of the most essential and least donated items at homeless shelters, and society socks aims to change that. With every pair of socks purchased, another pair is donated to a homeless shelter. Not only will your socks feel and look great, but you'll make a positive change. Your subscription sends two surprise pairs to your door every month and two pair to a homeless shelter. For 50% off your first month subscription, use the code READABOOK at mysocietysocks.com. Cool.